Hi, I'm Pawi, and you're listening to Rappler Podcast. Bakit ka narito? Kasi gusto ko yung gawa mo eh. No, mas marami pang magaling sa akin. Gusto ko yung original. Original? Nakakatawa ka. Pwede ba bumalik ka na sa Amerika? Total yun naman ang pangarap mo, hindi ba? Hanggang ngayon ba, ganyan ang galit mo sa akin? Kung wala ka nang mahanap, umalis ka na. That was a short clip from The Shoemaker, the latest short film on Rappler Act 1. Directed by award-winning director Sharon Dayok, most known for Women of the Weeping River, The Shoemaker is a heartfelt short story about rekindling an old love in Marikina. You can catch The Shoemaker now by going on Rappler's YouTube channel and clicking on the playlist Act 1. But for now, you are listening to Hustles Inside the Industry, where we talk to professionals and find out how they got here, why they're doing what they do, and what it takes to do it. As always, this is Pawi from Rappler's Hustle team, and in the wake of several devastating typhoons, including Typhoon Ulysses, many organizations and businesses have stepped up to restore the most impacted areas. And luckily for Marikina and its shoemaking industry, we have Stride Collective here. So, Joining us, we have several members of Stride Collective. First of all, I'd like to introduce Tal De Guzman. Hi, Tal. Thank you for having us. Okay, so I'm Tal. I am the co-founder of Stride Collective and founder of Risque Designs and uh, Black Shoe Project and Leveled by Risque. Next up, we have Judith Basco. Hey, Judith. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Pawi. Thank you for having us. I am the co-founder and marketing head for Stride Collective and Risque Design. And last but not least, we have Yen Reyes. Hi, Yen. Hi, Paui. I'm Yen, and I am a co-founder of Stride Collective and also a brand owner of Artisatch. Great. We have three of you, but as the name implies, if we had things our way, we'd probably have 20 of you, right, from Stride Collective. So... Uh, to sum it all up for our audience, Tal, why don't you just quickly sum up what is Stride Collective and uh, give us an idea of the brands that are a part of this. Stride Collective is actually a group of shoe brands, a collective of shoe brands that share the same values. So most of them are manufactured here in in Risque, but um, all of them believe that you know we should be um, taking care of our shoemakers we should be um transparent and everything so we, we share the same values of um basically collaborating in terms of resources and knowledge stride is not just a collective but we're also a marketing platform so we have our own uh, website as well why don't we name a few of the brands that people uh can can search for that are part of stride okay so first we have risque and uh, Artisach. We also have Ola Lili, Andante, Ine, uh, Mika Moko, Arvel, um, Ripple Twine. Mm-hmm. But um, we have about more than 20 brands. Oh, wow. 30. So <laughs> a lot of them are very much um, hands-on in their brands. And then they also were the ones who were helping us during um, the relief efforts here in Marikina. Great. And We're definitely going to get into that. Most of us might know that Marikina has 
already somewhat been in a certain state of peril. I mean, you did mention uh, the relief efforts in the wake of the typhoon, but uh, the Marikina shoe industry has had this this advocacy, right, to preserve a bit of our history. So can any of you uh, please enlighten us? Tell us what the historical significance is exactly of Marikina and the history of Filipino shoemaking. From what I've learned, it yeah, initially Marikina is a farming and fishing community, but in back in like 1887, uh, Don Laureano uh, Guevara was the one who brought in the the uh, the trade. So he's also known as Capitan Moy for those uh, uh, who's who's been to Marikina. There's actually a building, a cape or an events place called Capitan Moy. So before at the their what they call this basement was where. Uh, shoemaking, the 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 shoemaking uh, the production was being done, and from there he was the one who taught a lot of Marikenos how to do shoemaking, and of course it has its ups and downs, and it was during I, I think the the biggest hit that it experienced is when uh, China made shoes became popular. Mm. Um, there was a lot of export. Of course, um, a lot were affected because of the uh, the China imports and also, of course, because of the political unrest here. So th- that became a factor for the industry to slowly decline. Mm-hmm. And and were was a lot of the region getting getting its shoes from uh, you know Filipino shoemakers and factories. And these were these Filipino brands, or it was more you know they were getting. The, the actual shoes, and then they, you know, they were rebranded outside upon export. Actually, a lot of the big designer brands, like luxury brands, were having their shoes made here. Wow! The sizes of the manufacturing uh, factory, uh, the factories here before, was like so much bigger, and they had to collaborate with each other just to fulfill export orders. Right. But sadly, a lot of those also cause, um, you know, it. It became hard to be to get orders because of the political unrest. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, from what I know, like seventy percent of the shoes are being produced in Marikina. I mean, all over the Philippines, seventy percent are mm-hmm. being produced here in Marikina. And and that's you said that present tense. So that is that still the case today, or has it been declining? Uh, it's still the case in terms of percentage, but of course, volume-wise, it might have changed. Yes. It's only in the past maybe this last decade that people are starting to buy local again mm. and that movement because me as a manufacturer i'm very happy that we are now having all these new shoe brands that are coming up and are you know risking their hard-earned money yeah. to, to start the and support the shoe industry yeah that, so th- that's interesting actually th- that ties into basically what motivated each of you to start judith you've been quiet uh, for the longest. So why don't we start out with you? What motivated you uh, to go into this industry and get involved with Risque and the Stride Collective? It was two years ago since I collaborated and worked with Sal for the um, as a marketing consultant for Risque Designs Manufacturing. Um, I was working freelance back then and it was a nice jump into switching a different work because I, I, I've always wanted to try working with local brands. And so Sal and I met each other before because I took her class for uh, sandal making, which she also tell people that she meets clients in the shoe, in the, in that shoe making, sorry, sandal making workshop, um, where she also 
uh, met me. And it was more of an appreciation to how things are made, which I am very interested with. And the first time that I worked with her and I got to go to the manufacturing house, it was fascinating how everything was made by hand, which um, the fascination turned into a real passion for helping them, helping them with what I can, with the talent that I have, maybe with marketing. And soon we were able to um, think about something that could um, push more local brands there and come up, come together as a as a collective so that we can support each other. I've just been waiting actually for Judith because her her brand <laughs> right now is doing um, weave. She teaches weaving and she makes um, projects from weaves, and we are looking to like integrate that into footwear. And yeah, yeah. She, she basically she keeps the gears turning. Um, we would have like not been able to function if she wasn't there, like pushing us with um, pushing the marketing and everything for us. Well, Tal, now, now that we have you, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, your beginnings into uh, this career and this industry, and how did that eventually lead you to co-found Stride Collective? How did you all? come together before i started risque i was actually i wasn't contented with the jobs that i had like i was in um the business of art like i was in the museum uh, in the gallery and i was working with our family business but i only lasted like a few months <laughs> in each of them <laughs> and then um i started i decided to start study fashion and then from there um i realized it's not apparel that I wanted to go to but put there. I initially imported some shoes from a friend in Indonesia, like hand-painted shoes when I started. And then from there, I got stressed with customs. <laughs> we, have, yeah. we have this in Marikina. Well, why don't I just you know source it from there? So that began my journey. Um, at that time, it was hard. Like there were no online resources for these things, so I had to basically drive to Maritina and like ask where I can find a shoemaker because it's not easy, pala. Like you think it's just everywhere, but that time no, because they're in like houses. Mm-hmm. So, they're they're the original work from home, no? Um, the the shoe factories are actually also houses. Oh. So they work in the garages or sometimes inside their um like the ground floor of their home something like that um so there so i started my brand risque uh, i just wanted to be creative so my designs back then were crazier also i wanted to tell the story of our culture um through the materials through the actual inspirations of the shoes but then um i was having a hard time with my supply chain and the manufacturer that i was working with so eventually, um, when I got fund, I, I got an angel investor and I was able to put up the manufacturing facility. Right. And that was in 2015. That was in 2015. So initially, when I started my manufacturing, I was checking if I can get like maybe, you know, big projects, big manufacturing clients. But then um, along the way, I discovered that maybe smaller brands are the way to go because they, first, they're also more willing Sometimes they're more willing to risk and then they also need the most help because they need guidance to basically navigate the industry. So uh, I started doing workshops. I started doing um, 
I actually did a supplier tour of Marikina, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it slowly grew from there. Uh, so right now, we are a network of brands that are, you know, friends with each other, not competitive. We, we help in whatever way that we can. Going now to Yen, you know, you represent one of the many brands and one of the co-founders of Stride Collective. Why don't you give us a bit of your personal story um, with Artist Edge and uh, how you came into the picture and helped bring Stride Collective to life? In terms of career, I've been doing corporate work. So I'm in human resource and organization development for the longest time. Wow, that's very different. I've been attending a lot of workshops here and there. And then until I found this workshop, which is not related to shoes, but on leather crafting, Mm. which I fell in love with. And I felt that it's something that I enjoy doing and that I feel that I can earn something from it as well. I wanted to look for suppliers. So I attended Tal's suppliers walking tour. And as we were doing the tour, of course, Tal um, uh, told the stories about the shoemakers, about the ones making the, the uh, shoelaces and all that. And that also inspired me to, um, to go into the business. So one, what, what, what triggered it is that uh, because of Tal's offer packages, it's not really difficult to go into the shoe business. And then also meeting some of the uh, folks uh, when we went on the tour, also um, give me the idea that I also would like to help them, get them um, to have more business. And so that's what started my shoe business. So even my name, the artist Satch, is because of the Satchel, my bag business before, and I didn't change it. If I may add to that Tal a bit, uh, about the <laughs> walking to a carding I wanted just wanted to bring people around Marikina to see the suppliers, not to eat around, but like see the suppliers like leather, other components and stuff. Because what, one of the things that I heard consistently while I was meeting suppliers or meeting brands, um, the problem of the, the suppliers is that they don't have much demand so that they don't put in like new items, new designs, because there's not a lot of people like asking for things. And then the, like, the complaint of people that are looking for, shooting for a manufacturer or materials that there's not a lot of choices. So I said, okay, maybe, maybe if I just bring people around Marikina, then maybe that will help a little bit. I, I don't know. I think it goes around. Um, that kind of sharing of information. You don't have to be um, selfish with the knowledge that you yeah. have because people would think that this is, you know, trade secret. This is a trade secret, like suppliers and stuff. But at the end of the day, it helps the industry. It's a community, right? And, and we're talking about Marikina shoemaking specifically and with that um the the location and meaning the inhabitants like precede um the i guess the craft right so it's definitely it's definitely a community effort it it takes a village to make shoes apparently uh, on a technical note is shoemaking the kind of uh craft that's like almost like passed down you know traditionally through generations like do you find that a lot of the shoemakers you work with you know they were blessed with like this this talent early on and and they really you know they need this career to like con- carry on tradition what would you say about all that it's very it's a very informal way because it just gets passed down through let's say your your father's a shoemaker um, everyone else in the house learns a little bit about shoemaking um, stuff like that but sadly like these days 
um, there are more older shoemakers than there are young mm-hmm. ones. A lot of the factories, they're unable to maybe shift into better um, pay methods for or like to give better compensation. So um, some of the shoemakers themselves, they don't want their own children to become shoemakers. What measures have you taken to kind of restore this? Yeah, I think Sal's already doing something about it since she started with the business. So she mentioned a lot of her workshops. So she has a lot of workshops. Um, she has uh, sandal making uh, and the shoe business. Shoepreneur. Is it the correct ter- uh, name? Shoepreneur uh, workshop. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, a, it's a term point with shoe um, entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> um, she, she's the one who made that up, I think. <laughs> and I, I took that workshop also. And I... Um, I think it's more of making it easier for people to understand shoemaking, that it doesn't take a lot of things for you to start. Um, it's, or knowing that or there are brands who are just sprouting. Uh, they don't have to start with a lot, but we, they just have to take the risk to try and have something manufactured in Marcina. And Yeah, and to add to that, uh, one of the things that we're also practicing, it's uh, trying to get more people to own a brand. And that means that we're not scared that we'll be, uh, we'll be competitive with one another. So the whole objective is to get more brands so that there'll be more work for the shoemakers in yes, Marikina. That's yes. one. Yeah. I realized that we cannot compete with the mass production of China, but what we can compete is on the artisanal side. Yeah. But like, yeah, the, the shoe painting or... Even the, the design itself, um, it will be um, different for each person. And having more brand owners, then it means that there will be more designs yeah. as well, different types of shoes that will fit different types of people. And then also uh, bringing that pride back to the shoemakers. Uh, part of the things that we do as um, uh, brand owners, it's not just me, but I also see other brand owners doing this, is that um, uh, helping our shoemakers see the end product. Be, be that from a, a, uh, a shoe that they feel that it's just another shoe, but uh, letting right. them see that, oh, it's uh, fancy, it gets sold somewhere else, and uh, bring the, the shoemakers to exhibits. So there are oh. events, big events that we're in. They literally uh, get to showcase. see it. Yeah, they re- literally get to see it. <laughs> yeah, last time we we brought them to Malila Fame. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> them to take a day off, and <laughs> we had a band for them. So that they can um, attend Manila Yeah, and I think aside from that, we also encourage our own customers to visit the manufacturing house and um, personally watch how shoes are made. We're very open to that. And cool. to also, I guess, um, learn about shoemaking from the shoemakers themselves because they're really excited to tell about um, shoemaking, actually, because yeah. they've been learning that since they were young. Cool. Like every what what everyone's saying here, I think goes in direct contrast to our export heavy history, right? Like what you told me before. But now I want to uh, go into the present situation. Around two weeks ago, I think from from this recording, as everyone knows, Manila was hit, um, and especially Marikina, uh, by several typh- typhoons, including Typhoon Ulysses. I don't know about. I'm sure for you also. For me, the the most glaring image that I saw. Um, at least on my news feed, was the big shoe floating, 
right? In uh in in Marikina and how I've I've actually as someone who's I'm an outsider by the way I'm only in Marikina ever so often but I recognize that shoe I'm like is that is that what I think it is and it you know it was such a devastating image so can you can you tell our audience how did Stride Collective uh, respond to you know this this crisis that basically hit right in your backyard during the night of the typhoon it was like. The anxiety level is like so high for for me especially because so I have a I have a group chat a messenger with my team and then um, the water level was rising like every mm. third and I was so every like it hits a certain level there's a certain alarm and they have to evacuate or something stuff like that um, it was so difficult because some of them we can't even reach because they didn't have electricity um signal yeah they didn't have signal there was one who was already in the evacuation center but some of it, some of her family members are still um in the area and like flood was rising up to their roof stuff like that um so i, I think i didn't sleep until maybe 6 a.m trying to find out where everyone was or if everyone was safe so with that happening i I reached out to the rest of the stride team, um, and then I said, "Okay, this is what's happening, guys, and maybe we can do something to help." So it started. It, it's actually funny because when we started, we everything was happening so fast, and we didn't know what to target, like how many people we can actually help out. So we only began with maybe I think fifty to a hundred families that we mm-hmm. wanted to relief goods to shoe and bag making families. Um, we put out a call um, on Instagram and Facebook, and then um, se- so many people responded, like even random strangers, people in the industry, people who just wanted to support Marikina because they used to have shoes made, shoes from Marikina. Um, it was overwhelming. But um, I'm super happy with how the rest of the Stride team really contributed like in their own little ways. Um, big and small ways actually um, with uh, the collaterals like sending of initial um, help that they can mm-hmm. you know because when that happened it, there was there's really a sense of urgency that we have to um, be aware of because for some people you know whatever we provide for them especially the food it's a matter of um, you know them not eating for like two days straight or something yeah. like that that's like a lifeline for them but we had to be very fast in um, doing that. And funny because we, my my production facility is not that big, but we used this as headquarters. And mm, it was but that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. With, the, <laughs> with donations and some, and there was a time it was already like on the like outside. We had boxes of donations outside, and Yen and um, Judith were helping out really, and um, some of the other Stride members, they were helping out with repacking, with coordinating with suppliers. Um, Judith was the one tracking the cash donations because we wanted to be very transparent as well with, with how um, this donation is spent. Yep. We want people to, you know, it's not for us, it's really for the, the industry, the shoe and bag makers. So yeah, um, all their help really. Like uh, sometimes I really still get emotional about it because of the support that everyone has given. 
how did you even go about the logistics? I mean, that's that's even messy in and of itself because it's not like okay, the typhoon hit, right, and then and it flooded for a bit, and then the next day it's like okay, let's bring out these goods. Like we're talking about you know mud that accumulated. You know, we're talking about entire houses that are submerged. So how did that even work? Uh, you getting all these resources uh, together and uh, delivering to the people in need. Oh, actually, I live in Makati. That's why the whole time oh I was expecting how how is it? Oh <laughs> and gosh, um, yeah. we were checking on each other. Um, I was I, I was for, very fortunate that I, I I wasn't affected at all. So I was um, anxious about everyone's condition. And after, right at that um, that night, so we were talking about what else do we need. So we were listing down things so we can. When we can ask for in-kind donations, when we um, posted, I think around like past 10 p.m. about the that we are um, asking for donations, it's cash and in-kind because um, we had to revise a lot about the the poster because we want to do it right and we wanted to mm-hmm. really. This is our first time to do this. Um, uh, after like overnight, I think we had around 50,000 cash donations, and a lot of wow. in-kind are coming to the the office um, and overflowing support really from everyone else, especially even we, even from our shoemakers who were not affected. They were there um, in the morning. So, so oh my that, god! Um, it, yeah, that was telling that uh, they had to. They were there and they were um, waiting. I guess to also help out. Oh my gosh! The other shoemakers that makes me want to cry. Really affected. <laughs> Yeah, it's very emotional looking back, and they're really um, supportive. I guess when you were saying about how how the help were um, in place, we were not really planning. It was all over the place, but then everyone else were really willing to help. Everyone was coming in and out of the office, bringing stuff in, um, and then we're monitoring vaccinations, and um, it's it's really a lot of people um, willing to help out because they know already that um, uh, Marikina shoemakers are the ones also very affected um, within yeah. this uh, because of this typhoon. And um, we the shoemaking shoe manufacturing houses who are all, also in within our network um, have collaborated with us um, so that we can also help out their own shoemakers so it's, it's supposed to be a, a community of helping each other and instead of you know holding different fundraisers and it's really overwhelming that everyone came to rescue everyone else <laughs> that was very important for us the support that was that came from outside stride collective um, but within the shoe industry it's been over a week since uh, where where are you all at now uh, with your efforts? I've been keeping up. It seems like you you raised a lot in terms of monetary donations and in-kind donations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've distributed majority of the things that we uh, we were able to um, receive. And um, in terms of when we uh, started with it, we really didn't have organization plans. It's just that when we got to the, to the uh, area tiles manufacturing, we organized ourselves depending on what's needed. I think that was the day that I had the most physical work uh, since the pandemic because we have to carry boxes of stuff and there's just limited people because the space is small and most of the workers of uh, Risque are also affected so they were cleaning their houses so whoever's there 
uh, are actually very willing to do whatever they can um, to help out. And yeah, we're happy that we've uh, distributed almost all of the things that we've received. And there, there's still some coming in, right, Tal? And we're we're asking the the other shoe uh, makers to pick them up from the from the production area. Uh, we still have a few that we are distributing, but we're just basically finishing off the donations that came in. Um, but so far, we have um, been able to distribute more than 600 um, relief kits, good for families. So it's 600 plus families already that we've um, delivered to or picked or they have picked up. And how how are the families doing? Uh, now more or less and and how is how is the situation right now as of now people are trying to recover some that were affected um, they've been cleaning their homes and you know like washing everything for like more than a week already yeah. but slowly are recovering um, I earlier I just went around to a few of the manufacturers again um, that we went to and slowly they're trying to um, recover like restart on their orders and stuff like that it it really is a long road and there's so much more help that marikina needs in general <laughs> yeah in bag industry yeah i mean you know we said this at the start of this podcast right it's kind of the community and industry as a whole is has been behind um in terms of uh where you envision uh it it should be right and and that was your initial advocacy and then you have like the double whammy of the pandemic um and multiple typhoons uh, not just this one um but on an optimistic note and to to kind of uh, uh wrap up this conversation we've been having we're approaching the holidays as a country i assume especially during this pandemic more people are feeling a little more um patriotic right not not just patriotic uh patriotic is the wrong word um benevolent in terms of uh, how they want to uh, buy these next few weeks how can our listeners uh help support the marikina community as a whole um by by supporting stride collective in your brands so aside from the material help that we did um for the the risque shoemakers and other brands we also did some mental and emotional health check Mm-hmm. Um, last week. So technically, it's for us to get a sense of how they're feeling right now for them to be able to uh, offload some of the negative uh, feelings that they have. And one of the things that we ask them is what support do they need from from us, from the community? And initially, we were uh, uh, no, not really afraid, but uh, apprehensive that they might ask for more um, financial assistance, which because we're, we're just uh, dependent on donation, which might we might not be able to provide. But surprisingly, what they ask for is more jobs, mm. which was uh, no, really touching, especially for me as a um, brand owner who's like thinking I'm slowing down a bit because sales is not really that good right now. But having heard them, that all they want is for them to have more work. Yeah. They, they want to be able to provide for their families, but with decent jobs. And... Because right now we're like um, here in our own facility, we're only able to um, give them work like on shifting because uh, the pandemic has hit us really hard. So um, we try to give work to everyone, but but the um, sad part about that is, of course, it lessens the income for each of them. So we did, um, luckily we didn't have to let go of anyone, and we're happy that That's we're great. still. Um, 
yeah, we're still happy to be able to um, provide jobs for them because as I went around, I was talking to other manufacturers. A lot of them haven't reopened since ECQ. So um, to answer your question, I think now maybe if there's a need for maybe more brands, not, not necessarily with us even, you know, because there are a lot of smaller brands that, uh, smaller manufacturers that also need work. Um, we want to be able to spread around um, at least the livelihood. Um, so Stride, we of course, Stride brands would appreciate the support in terms of maybe buying our footwear from our website and everything. But on a bigger scale, I think maybe now is also a good time for entrepreneurs to um, risk a little bit with, and maybe find a, another source of income and help the other shoe manufacturers as well. Uh, I think I, I had to just add a bit um, to encourage everyone to buy small and buy local this holidays to keep us um, the Maritina industry in mind when buying gifts, especially from small-owned businesses who will really appreciate the help and um, the support. Okay, and so we'll at the end of this podcast, we'll we'll tell everyone how to find you. We'll also have it on the article that comes with this. Thank you all so much for that uh, very enlightening. A uh, very heartwarming conversation. I won't let you go just yet. Right now, we're going to wrap things up with our play of the week. We talked a lot about work and advocacy. Now let's talk about play. So any fun activities or recommendations for our listeners to unwind from the busyness of business? Always been helpful for me to um, let go a bit when I do something with my hands. So any craft that you can make with your hands, I, I would suggest anything that you can look on, look up on YouTube um, that anything that you can do with your hands while watching something. Uh, I don't, um, well, I uh, I think crochet is a very fun thing to do while watching something. Um, yeah, crochet is something also. <laughs> um, I would suggest um, anyone to try up, try on anything hand, um, hand skills to unwind. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Tal? For me, what revives me, I think, other than maybe trying to cycle to, to bike when I can, although not, um, that's the only probably uh, physical activity I'm able to do recently, other than walking. Um, I also like to listen to um, other entrepreneurs who are um, going through this and then also... Um, you know, trying to make sense of everything happening, trying to recover. And just recently, I was what I was uh, listening to a podcast of the Spark Project, where some of my um, yeah friends are are actually talking about their hustles, their struggles, and everything. Basically, a lot of real talk. So it makes you have a sense that you are not alone, um, <laughs> and that. You know, you still get inspired with all these people that are trying to do good as well. Awesome. And uh, and for more of that content, definitely follow Inside the Industry on Rappler Podcast. How about you, Yan? What's your play of the week? Um, for me, put your brand on your Christmas gifts. So may it be um, getting a package from Risque Manufacturing on the shoe, uh, shoe, shoe um, sandals that you can put your brand on. Maybe make use of uh, brown bags or plain bags and just doodle, doodle on them and make them your Christmas. That's package. cute. 
Yeah, it's kind of like customizing, you know. Yes. That's awesome. I never thought about that. My my play of the week is also a uh, a podcast. I've actually been a, a a reader of Stoicism. It's kind of uh, it's you know it's that the two thousand year old <laughs> philosophy that I think most people these days get in the form of like a self help book. But it's actually like really no thoughts if you know like uh, Marcus Aurelius, the Roman Emperor, and of course Seneca. Lately because I really only have the time to consume audio because it's hard sometimes to sit uh, and read. So during my commutes, uh, I've been listening to The Daily Stoic now because I've known about the book for a while. So The Daily Stoic is, is you know, a best-selling book, but now they have it in podcast form. And I'm like, I probably don't have the time to, you know, every morning grab a book and like read a, read a passage, but I do have time to tune in to a five-minute episode um, during every commute. So yeah, that's been my thing. Um, that's it, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us, Tal, Yen, and Judith. Oh, thank, thank you. you thank you so much, Barry. How can we keep up with Stride Collective and support the Marikina Shoemakers? Yeah, so you can find us on social media pages on facebook.com slash stridecollectiveph, on Instagram, stridecollectiveph, and our website so you can shop for holiday gifts and, um, Different. So we we, do, we just don't um, put up shoes. We also have a, um, a few accessories and bags that nice. are also from our partner brand. So stridecollectiveph.com. Cool. And uh, we'll be sure uh, to be on the lookout. And also one last thing to add. Uh, we do have our latest short film out on Rappler Act 1. That is The Shoemaker. So you can just go on Rappler's YouTube channel on our Act 1 playlist. That is our latest film. And um, in many ways, uh, just watching that is is a way of uh, supporting and getting to know the tradition of Filipino shoemaking in Marikina. So again, thanks for joining me, everyone. And thank you out there for listening. If you haven't already, please stay tuned to Hustles Inside the Industry on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, or wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Oh, and before you go, if you or anyone you know is a professional in a bold and exciting industry, we'd love to hear all about it. Email us at hustle at rappler.com, H-U-S-T-L-E at rappler.com for your chance to be the next guest here on Inside the Industry.